Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Baseball Isn't Boring. I'm one of your hosts, Isabella Gescos, and it might not be shocking who we have on today. I'd be shocked if you were shocked, but we're now done with the wordplay, as we just said. But joining me is the Dippin' Dots enthusiast, competitive Mario Kart player, and former UVA Cav and current host of The Shock Factor, ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Shock. Thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I've never done this. I've never, I, I've, I was really tempted right here to the, for the first time ever say, it's actually pronounced skosh. Just as a joke, it, it's not actually. It is pronounced shock. You're doing it. You're doing great. I just thought, great intro. Great intro. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. No, I saw your video where they, you went through all the different pronunciations that you've got, and I go, I, this is the easiest thing not to mess up, <laughs> the, and I really can't. The Well, when you look at it, that's when trouble gets you, because the C and the H is, I don't know if it's supposed to make that sound, but it, it's one of those things where I think the best thing to come and develop over time in college baseball is the little ear next to players' names, where it's the player reading their name off a roster. If you're a school and you have those, just know I love you. Like you, you help me out so much because I'm not great with pronouncing names, and I don't have a name that gets pronounced like great all the time. So I, I just wear it. But I, I know how good it feels when people get it right. So thank you. <laughs> What's the worst one you've ever gotten? Some like the full name just absolutely butchered. Um, so a lot of the time when I order food at McDonald's uh, through the mobile app, not an ad, I just do it just about every day. They always say Stefan, which like, okay, that's fine. But I, I, I think Steven's the harder one to mess up. But the worst of the last name ever was I got called Stephen Escock. Um, which like it was like n- nowhere close. It like my last name. But when I when I hear stuff like that, I don't really get offended. I just think, how cool is it that I have such a unique last name that it has the ability to like just absolutely derail sentences from time to time. Like I, I think it's fun, you know. I think it's fun as someone who 
gets caught up on last names and gets them wrong often when he really doesn't want to. I, I think it was cruel of me to think that way, but hey, you know what? We live and we learn. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of get to hold it over them like, oh, it's actually make them feel a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, all right. Look, if that means you're going to be nicer the rest of the conversation, sure. I'm never, I'm never going to say no to nice. I mean, we just talked about being nice, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. But, okay, you just said McDonald's. I saw your tweet about bringing back McDonald's all-day breakfast. What's the order that you go for? Uh, steak, yeah. egg, and cheese bagel meal with a hash brown and a large Coke. Um, a lot of people will – I see this trend all the time of people taking ice baths in the morning, and it's like, oh, once you do this, like having the discipline to do this. It's something that's hard to start your day. Nothing's going to get harder. I want those people to wake up and take a 32-ounce Coke from McDonald's to the dome because that is, one, I know their systems aren't ready for it, so that'll be way harder than a baseball. I, I am, what I'm here to promote is not college baseball, but it's the fact that drinking Coke in the morning is harder than ice baths. Why do you do it? <laughs> Why, just why? to challenge myself, <laughs> just, you know, it, no, it, it all stems from back in high school. I remember I ate a steak, egg and cheese bagel meal for breakfast my senior year uh, before one of my starts. And I was like, OK, this is my superstition. When it goes bad, I won't do it. Um, so I just kept doing it. And then it, it never really went bad. My senior year, I had like the best year of my life. I had a zero year, in 53 innings. So I was like, wow. Maybe like to just have good days the rest of the time, I'll replicate this. And that's why I think baseball kind of turns us all a little bit crazy because it's like you fail so often that the one time it goes right, you're like, how do I repeat that? And it's like, oh, the preparation is how I repeat that. So I got to do everything like a maniac for the rest of my life. Well, pitchers are notoriously like they have a routine <laughs> and they like to be a little crazy with the routine. Was that in your routine in college? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like if we were on the road, I'd have to door dash it to the hotel. Like and and I think being a relief pitcher and not knowing what days I was going to pitch, man, I got to get a lot more McDonald's than I intended to. But it was awesome. You know, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. Like it's good food. It's people say it's bad for you, but I was considered athletic and I survived, you know. Yeah, you did your job. Yeah, it's well, some would say, maybe. Yeah, I mean, college yeah. baseball, it's it's not about putting the best fuel in the engine all the time. You know, sometimes it's about running your Ford Taurus on vegetable oil for a day just to see if it'll work, you know? You live and you learn, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that was obviously the real journalism, and we're going to switch to, like, the fuddy-duddy stupid questions, right? Yeah. McDonald's yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Now, now for the layups. <laughs> <laughs> the easy stuff. But so you've been kind of the face of college baseball and you've talked to some of the top talent. Who has been someone that I want to say like surprised you in a way, like you were really caught off guard or like impressed you in a way that you didn't expect in terms of so, like maybe approach or mentality? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the guys that really stands out is Travis Pizzano. Um, He's Oregon State's second baseman. He's probably going to go top five in the draft this year. He He's a great hitter, phenomenal hitter. Don't get me wrong. But, like, as a person, I was so taken back by, like, how well-adjusted he was to, like, being a college student in America. Because, you know, 
I went to a college my freshman year that was two states away. And that was hard for me. I was like, wow, I'm far from home. Like, this, this is tough. This dude is an entire ocean away. He's in an opposite hemisphere. He is looking at his Snapchat and seeing friends from his high school at the beach. It's nice and sunny when it is snowing in Oregon. To, and to, to see all that, to go through that big switch and have a freshman season where you're one of the best players in the country, that's insane to do. So, like, I just have so much respect for him. And it was really cool to hear about how, like, how tough it was for him to come over to America and get a college offer even. He, he was telling me he came to a recruiting event in Arizona for two weeks and was like, yeah, no, that was that was my time frame to get recruited. I had four years and I barely did it. You know, like I, I scraped by my senior year with one offer and I was like, yeah, let's take that. Get the foot in the door, see where we end up. Um, but like to come over two weeks and it's from his dream school. And like just seeing how much he really enjoys being there and like being a part of the Oregon State Beaver baseball family, it, it's really, it's really encouraging because again, like I love when teams are good at baseball. I love it way more when like they're working to help these players as people, as students, just in general succeed in life. And it really felt like that's what their program's about, just from talking to them. And I've talked to a lot of impressive guys. He's just like, he's like the top tier for me in terms of being able to just kind of deal with it and have success and learning on the fly, which I absolutely love learning on the fly. That's the best way to do things. And he's really good at it. That was, that's almost like a poetic story in a way. It, it, it's just so cool because, I mean, how, how often in baseball does it actually work out? Not very often. That's the fun part of it. Don't get me wrong. But it like seeing it work out at that caliber and at that level of success is it it's really outstanding to see. And like watching him, you know, optimize his opportunities there has been really cool too. Yeah, he had an amazing past couple of years. It'll be cool to see how he does this year with the draft coming up. Yeah, and he's just such a cool person too. Cool voice, mm -hmm. obviously, being from Australia. He mm -hmm. did confirm that, you know, some popular steakhouses in America that say they're Australian are, <laughs> you know, not authentic. Um, a Bloomin' Onion isn't actually Australian cuisine, which mm -hmm. was, that was one thing I took away from the interview, of course, because we got, we got to know. I got to ask yeah. the hard hitters, too. Oh, yeah. Not just the layups. <laughs> Exactly. We didn't get into much kangaroo lore, which I would have liked to do. Hopefully I'll run into him during the season and ask. I, but I, like, if someone came up to me and was like, hey, man, how are deer? I'd be like, why are you talking to me about deer, you know? So, like, I don't know if that's a weird thing to bring up because I hear they're like deer to Australians. It's just like. I mean, have you been to Australia? I haven't, you know. The, so I, don't I, know. I think it's fair game. You haven't been. You don't know. Okay. All right. As long as that's the game. bar, as I, long as that's the bar, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to fire that one away. Cause I got so many questions about kangaroos. It's always funny how we have different perceptions of different countries. Cause we've never been, we're like, Oh yeah. Kangaroo everywhere. And yeah, it's like, look, I've never been to Australia. I've been in an outback. Is it like that? Absolutely not. Not Makes even sense. Close. Check, checks out. I know. <laughs> Like, look, you don't you don't come to my neighborhood and think it, it's going to look like an Applebee's, do you? No, like it's all part of it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I saw the clip of you guys talking about fashion too. And what was your fashion like in college? You know how he described and he was like, you know, here in America, all the guys, it's Nike dry fits, Lululemon pants and hoodies. That that was me. Or if you've ever seen the movie, the big Lebowski, I, uh, I idolize Jeff Bridges. I think he is such a cool dude. And in that movie, I love how he's just like, so go with the flow. Like people are waving guns at him. He's just like, look, man, I'm just laid back. Let's all relax. Have a good time. Like, that's a good message of like peace. And he, he's having a tough time, but I, I loved his style. So big overcoat guy, stuff like that, which I, I think I still stick to. But Travis, it's it's another world. It, it really is. Like he was wearing this sweater. It was like four different colors all sewn together. Super cool. And it's just like I would look like the biggest clown show if I tried to put that on. But on him, dude, come on, you're winning. <laughs> I know. Like, what are you wearing right now? You got a nice little hoodie going on. Yeah, just a Target hoodie. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Nothing fancy. Like, Lulu icon. joggers. Lulu oh. joggers. Yeah. Fashion icon, American <laughs> fashion icon over there. Exactly. I, I am. I am playing to the team. <laughs> so you think he's been the most? Imp- you're, that's your most impressed. But who are some players you think are going to break out this season? Ones that maybe aren't talked about enough so i don't think griffo farrell's been properly talked about enough as a hitter he plays at uva he's their shortstop going into their junior season he played really well with team usa this summer but a lot of people's knock against him is like oh well he doesn't hit many home runs and he hasn't yet and that's totally fine there have been a lot of developments this offseason if you go on any Instagram or Twitter and you type in UVA strength, you'll find videos of Griff lifting weights, which is super cool. That's why I love social media because fans can get looks inside like that. But he's a guy who is always hitting above 300. Like if there is a year Griff O'Farrell's not hitting above 300, call your loved ones, tell them, hey, world's ending. Um, But he's developed a lot of power this offseason that I think is going to surprise a lot of people just because, you know, everyone's thought like people know he's good, but they think of him as, okay, he's good as a contact here. But I think he's going to have, you know, a lot more dimensions to him. Mm -hmm. And this one's not necessarily a breakout, but I I hear so much talk about Jack Caglione and it. I love talking about Jack Caglione, but I think one thing that always gets missed because a lot of people will talk about as a pitcher, he struggled a little bit last season. He had a 4-3 ERA pitching in the best conference against the best hitters. That's a really good ERA to have. If there were a freshman with a 4-3 ERA, everyone would be like, look, the future, we're in good hands. This kid's going to be a Friday night guy. He's going to be stuck. That was Jack Caglione's first year pitching in college. And he hit 33 home runs while doing it. So it's like... You know, I, I think he's going to break out as a pitcher this year, which is totally unfair. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, it's borderline criminal of him how good he is. But he's another guy. I, I got to talk to him. He's a great dude, too. Like, he, 
he's someone I'm very excited that other people are excited about him. I mean, he's hit what? Apparently pitching a hundred. Yeah. So he's been like sitting a hundred. It's like, dude, you're supposed to just lead the nation in home runs. Now you're going to like throw a hundred miles an hour. Sure. Let's see. Let's see it happen. I am very excited for that show. I'm tuning in. I I will be there. He just Uh, like raised the bar drastically. It's ridiculous. Then I think Vance Honeycutt, I think he's another guy who's set up to have a really huge year. Because, you know, I've had redshirt years. I've I've never really, like, been sidelined by an injury until my senior year. But it, it never, like, ended my season. But to have an injury kind of sideline you from the end of the season, you're going to sit off-season-wise and be like, God, I wish I could have played because I would have done this. This is, this is what would have happened if I could have done this. And that's not selfish. That's how you got to think as a ball player. And when you're doing that, what you don't realize is you're visualizing success over and over and over again. So when you get back out there, since you've been chomping at the bit this whole offseason, it's like you come out with energy and all that passion and the gratitude to the game of baseball. Because, you know, I don't know how it works, but the game of baseball knows your attitude towards it. It knows what you're doing. Like it, it, mm-hmm. The game just knows straight up. And I think Vance is someone who's put in the work. He deserves to be rewarded. He's had success even while having the odds stacked against him. Imagine a fair playing field where he gets to just go out and be him. Like I am, and you know, the issue, I I believe it was the hamstring, like it was strained or something like that. And he's still robbing home runs literally every other weekend. It's like, dude, are you wearing moon shoes? What are you doing? The elevation he gets. I got to talk to him last semester at school and he was talking about his favorite home run robbery. His favorite was the one at Pitt where like the back bend to go over was insane. It it doesn't make sense to me how you can ask someone what was your favorite home run robbery. Yeah. How are there multiples? You know? It's the whole it, outfield too. It's not even just him. There's been a couple like left and right, which is just wild. Which I, I love that. And I know right field, it's a good place to rob home runs there because like it kind of juts out a little weird. But I think that makes it way harder in the sense that like you got to understand like, oh, no, the architecture of the field says if I run into the fence right here, <laughs> not looking good for me. So I got I got to navigate that. I got to navigate. OK, now I'm at the fence. How do I catch this ball? Like robbing a home run as a pitcher is something I always dreamed of doing in batting practice. It's like one feeling that like like every pitcher has in their minds. Like, oh, if I robbed a home run during a game, I would hide the ball. I would play along with it. This is how I would act. And then I would like do the big reveal and throw it in. Like robbing a home run is one of the coolest things you can do in any sport. And he does it at a rate higher than just about anyone in the nation, which is so much fun to watch. Could Prime Steven rob a home run? <laughs> If the fence was three feet tall and I knew it was coming, I think I got a shot. I was uh, not I was not good at the whole depth perception thing. Like I was very much a one trick pony on the field. I, I'll I'll say I know what I was doing. Okay. So what would be more, I guess, cool in a way? Would it be hitting a home run or robbing a home run? I think robbing a home run. Because less people expect that. I think, you know, you look at me, you think, okay, he could run into one. He's just large. You know, I'm, I'm a tall guy. I got, I got torque or some sort of 
I never took physics in high school. The summer packet was way too long. Didn't feel like doing it. Dropped the class. But I got some factor that would that would cause explosive bat speed. Maybe mm-hmm. robbing a home run. It's like that's going to take a miracle. Did angels carry Steve to that ball? How did it happen? Oh yeah, and it's demoralizing at the same time to someone oh, else. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just ruins the day because someone's like, oh. Look, I did the hardest thing in sports. Unless someone does something a little bit harder, I would argue. And just ruins it. And you're yeah, the move is like, done. And like you get halfway into your home run trots half the time too, because like it takes a while for balls to get over the fence. Like there's buildup. It's like, oh, is yeah. he gonna catch it? Is like did he get it? It's like that sucks. <laughs> it's almost awkward. You're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, Let me like, just turn around real quick. <laughs> Good job like, to that guy. Yep. Hats off. Congratulations. <laughs> you can't even be mad at it at that point. You're just like, okay. No, oh, it's, this is it's always is. the same. Just no one wants to do that. No one wants to, but they always have to. Cause it's like, what else do I do with my hands? Yeah. You like, you're kind of at a loss. You've <laughs> also been doing these tours of going to different college uh, facilities and stadiums. What's been your favorite or which one's been your favorite? It's tough because there's so many cool aspects about every different stadium. I think bullpen-wise, my favorite bullpen so far has been Richmond. It has a nice view of, like, it banks down and you can see, like, this little river, which, I, I don't know. I like that stuff. Nature's dope. Caves aren't, but nature is. Um, so so I really enjoyed that. Like, they let me sit down and, like, you could see the water. You could see the field. You could see the scoreboard, which is huge. And they have a bathroom located very close. That was um, my next question. Was there is there a bathroom there? The bathroom in the bullpen, uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It it has the potential to elevate facilities two to three points in my mind. Just because it's the hospitality, it's the care, it's the fact that there's a place to go when it gets cold. That's really the main fact. Um, so like if I'm at Miami and it's like you no know, bullpen bathroom, it's like well, okay. You know, it's, it's warm. It, it's not, they aren't going to play a cold game here. So it doesn't factor in as much there, but if you're like North Carolina or above, that's when I really tend to judge. Um, I, I think stadium wise coastal has one of the coolest in just terms of like visual appeal. I'm a little biased because I played my first ever college baseball game at that stadium. So it's like, you know, there's some sentimental value there for me, but they have a boardwalk that goes around the outfield that I think is so fun. It's so cool. It's like there aren't, there should be carnival games. There aren't, but I hope to one day, you know, have someone at Coastal Carolina listen to me about that sales pitch because I'd love to knock down some milk jugs while taking in a baseball game. Um, but they, they have like beer carts. They have Adirondack chairs out there that you just go out and sit in. And like their high bar bar chairs, really good angle for the spine too. Really enjoyed it. And they'll have like beer carts and concession carts walk around. So there is a reality, a very real chance. If you go to a Coastal Carolina game, you could go drink 10 beers and not even have to move, um, depending on, you know, seal breakage and other factors that, that would go into enjoying a baseball game. But like to have an environment where that is feasible is huge to me. And, and I really like that. And probably great weather, too. Oh, yeah. It, it's beautiful down there. You know, Myrtle Beach is a fun time, especially for college kids. I think I'm too old for it these days just because I'm washed. I'm not as good as I once was. And that's fine. You know, I'm, 
I'm I don't grown know up about now. That. I don't know. <laughs> the fence was three feet tall. You could maybe make a catch. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a chance. There's a very slim chance, but a chance nonetheless. Hey, we'll take it where we can get it, right? Absolutely. But I mean, like, there's just so many cool facilities. Like, it, looking back, if I got shown any of these places in high school as a recruit, I would have been like, yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. Like, they're all great. There hasn't been really anything I've seen where I'm like, oh, that really needs some work. Like, it, it's all very functional and it all makes sense, which is something I love about college baseball is the fact, like, look, budgets haven't always been huge. So we, we just find ways to make money work. We find ways to get work in in, in inexpensive and actual ways that we can afford as an athletic department, which I think is a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to sit on here and give me some pitch as to why UVA has the best facility. UVA does have some amenities that I truly truly love you know it as a stadium the locker room is great i think an important factor in locker rooms is can you sit in your locker and see everybody else because you know you want your team hanging out in the locker room you want them to enjoy being around each other you don't want them to only be friends at the baseball field and then go home and hate each other because that team's going to play terrible i've been on teams like that it didn't go great but the teams where everybody loves each other it's like okay, this is going to work. And having a locker room where everybody's talking to each other, everybody sees each other, that's very important to me. More important than anything else, though, is whether you're in the dugout or the bullpen, above you are space heaters that you have the freedom to control. Coach is just like, look, you do what you want with them. So you can just sit. It could be like 20 degrees outside, and you're under this thing almost on fire. But your toes are still freezing cold. Sometimes you got to do gymnastics to get those worked in. But <laughs> it, it it's just like the feeling of like, I am a Kentucky fried chicken sandwich sitting under the broiler, ready to go be enjoyed. That's the feeling I want as a pitcher going into a game of, I am that KFC sandwich ready to be enjoyed. I am well heated. My, my internal temperature is ready to throw baseballs. But that amenity, you can't top it. You can't. What are the gymnastics moves you're getting to becoming that Kentucky Fried Chicken? Just just a lot of turning. You know how in uh, in Sam's Club and different supermarkets, you can see the rotisseries really going? That's you? Anything you can do to replicate that without having to shove a stick through you and you know, die, <laughs> I guess, would be optimal. Um, probably wouldn't be the best. I mean, you get warmer, maybe. But oh. again, at what cost? Mm-hmm. Well, UVA is pretty high up in the rankings right now, so maybe the space heaters are working. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about that. I know there is a lot of concern around this team with the fact that, you know, Jake Geloff and Kyle Teal are no longer there. And, you know, that's a lot of offensive production that is gone. They were a lot of fun to talk about. It was really cool playing with them, watching them grow up over the years. And, you know, they lost a lot of talent, but I think, one thing about UVA that's always fun is when it comes to the pitching staff, I don't know who it is in the fact that I don't know their exact names, but I know they're going to bring in transfers every year if they don't have the capability. Like I know Jack O'Connor is going to go out and deal for them at 95 to 96, but I also know they're going to bring in two to three transfers every year that have veteran experience. They have like 
they got innings under their belt and they might not throw a hundred miles an hour, but they understand how to get outs at the college level, which I love. Cause I, you know, while it is cool watching guys throw a million miles an hour, I love that. Don't get me wrong. I really do enjoy as someone who could not throw a million miles an hour, the guys who come in with not the most dominant stuff, but go out and find ways to dominate. That's so cool. And I think that's really UVA's pedigree with pitchers. Like looking back in the past, like, Brian Edgington and Nick Parker, they're 90 to 93 most of the time. They aren't they aren't in the upper 90s, but they don't need to be because they have the off speed. They know how to work their fastball to make it work. And so I'm really excited about that. I think Ethan Anderson is someone who is also pretty set up nicely to have a breakout season. I, I think people don't realize like how good he is as a catcher because, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like we were spoiled to have Kyle Teal back there and to get to watch him. But Ethan Anderson is is going to fill in that role pretty pretty decently, if I may say so myself. Like, I, I've seen nothing but really good things said about him, and I've watched a lot of highlights of him playing back there, and it's been impressive. So I, I think he'll turn some heads. Fingers crossed for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him. You know, I, I am I'm rooting. So what are your... Give us your mock, like not mock draft, but like mock order of best teams right now in college baseball. What are your preseason rankings? Oh, God, that is tough. I know. I'm not going to go any specific order. I will do five five teams that I really like that okay. I think are going to be really good this year. Um, okay. In no specific order. And I won't name UVA, even though I do believe they're going to be good. I'm going to put them in my nepotism column. Of, of course, <laughs> they're going to be good because I'm Stephen Shock and the jersey's on my wall. They and the team or the photo behind you. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. It, it's all UVA stuff. You Are know? you sure Who you went to UVA at this point? I don't even know. Yeah, the jersey looks like I think <laughs> I could I, I could maybe fit in that. Probably not. Um, but I think. Arkansas is a team that's going to be phenomenal this year. I think a lot of people look at them and say like, okay, well, we have Hagen Smith, but who's behind him? And I think they have a lot of talent in their bullpen that I don't think people have fully encompassed how talented they are as a baseball team. So I'm thinking they're going to be really good this season. They've returned a lot of power in their lineup that I, I along with a lot of people, are very excited about. So they're right up there. Another team – is TCU. I I think transfer portal-wise, they added a lot of people that they needed. But also, they got my other two-way guy that I think is going to be insane, Peyton Tully. Now, he he transferred from Wichita State where he had an ERA in the fours, I believe. And then, you know, he's he's a left-handed power hitter. He hits absolute nukes. Like, his home runs, they aren't as they aren't as common as every day as Jack Caglione home runs, but let me tell you, they are, they are hit. Like these baseballs are dented. I've seen several clips where he's hitting home runs and it's getting out of the park before three seconds have even passed. So it's like, okay, that might be a pretty good baseball player. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. And, and then again, they're a team where I just think like the culture surrounding the team is really good. Like at the end of their fall world series, there's always consequences when you lose a fall world series or when you win a fall world series, you get something. That's the way it goes. And the purple team, I believe won. And the punishment for the losing team was you had to caddy a round of golf at the alumni golf event 
for players on the winning team and alumni players. So Peyton was telling me he was like golfing with Luke and Baker. And it's like, look, you aren't going to learn how to hit less home runs from golfing with the guy. Um, but I, I think like that's a perfect situation because college players love golf and they want to do it. They don't, they've never golfed with a caddy, but they assume it's probably cool golfing to a caddy where you could just talk trash to them about losing in baseball the whole time, even cooler. So I, I think just like culture wise, they're going to be in a really good spot. Um, Wake Forest is a team. I mean, God, like they, you're going to hear about them all season long. At the end of the season, everybody will know their starting rotation. Everybody will like it'll be burning brains because Chase Burns, Michael Massey, Josh Hartle, those guys like all they do is throw strikes. And what I love about Wake Forest is the fact that as a team, they don't have like anyone in their rotation in their bullpen who's going to walk the house. And if they do, they hide that kid like nothing I've ever seen before because it just never happens on their mound. And so. Like when you have that pitching staff, that's a lot to be excited about. And everyone's like, okay, with these arms, they can make a run. And then you look at their lineup and it's like, okay, you got Nick Kurtz. You got, you got Tate Ballestera, who's Steve's friend he played with, which matters. Um, you know, that factors in. Um, but you, you have guys like that. Then you add Seaver King. You have Merrick Houston at shortstop who like, he's a wizard with the club. He's absolutely a wizard. And I think his bat is starting to pick up. You know, it's it's tough to adjust to pitching. And for him, for Wake Forest, what I think really helps them and what kind of separates them as a team, and this is why pitching staffs are so great, is the fact that all offseason, during inner squads, your hitters are seeing the best pitchers in the nation. And it's like, okay, well, they're, they might not have a lot of success or confidence gained from this, but at the end of the day, they are going to be so much better because they've seen 98 every day. They've seen 96 with sink from the left side every day coming from like the first base dugout. Like there's just so much range of talent and what they can do well. And so I think, you know, as long as they mesh as a team, they're going to do that. So I'm, I'm really I am in on Wake Forest being very good again this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida, another team where it's like, okay, you guys were good. Why did you add more good players? Like, how am I supposed to keep up with this? So Florida, of course, they have Jack Caglione, who on Friday nights could do the whole. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this season we see him one-man army a game, which is a stat I am going to make up and bring, bring out. The one-man army is when a pitcher throws a complete game and drives in at least enough runs to beat the other team. So. It could be a game where he hits a grand slam, gives up three runs. If if he at least turned in a quality start, I'm considering that a one-man army. I think with how many two-way guys there are out there, it's a stat that could be relevant from now on. So I, I think that should be brought out. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and, like, again, he's just someone they add Colby Shelton at second base, and it's like, you know, that guy's got serious pop to take him from Alabama. He's hit 25 home runs as a freshman in the SEC. It's like, 
when did people start doing this? Like I'm looking at stats, I'm looking back in the history books, like in 2021, the nation's leader in home runs had like 24. It was, and like everybody, I remember pitching and everybody was like, when you pitch to this guy, you got to be careful because he's at 24 home runs. Everybody's doing it now. Like the bats have changed. The balls have changed. It, it's different. Like 33 is the new 24. Like it, it was, it, it's just changed so much. But I know on the mound, there's a lot of question marks, but you got guys like Herson Waldrop who he, he's stellar on the mound. He is a big league pitcher. Like I, when I watch him, I think of Zach Grinky in the sense that like, you know, he just goes out there. He's got the kitchen sink in his arsenal and he's ready to deliver it all. So it's like, you know, that's going to be fun to watch. And then you get Brandon Neely coming in. I don't know if he'll be in a starting role, but if he's not, he's going to be in the bullpen, which means, hey, look, if we have a lead in the sixth, we've won a baseball game because he can. we can just bring in our friend Brandon and he can throw a lot of strikes and we can play good defense. And then they also have a freshman named Liam Peterson, who he is the classic giant kid who throws really hard, which I love. But beyond just throwing really hard, he's like become an elite pitcher in the sense that like he he's refined his stuff even just in one off season to where he's taken his off speed pitches and gotten advanced command of all of them. And then he's throwing a fastball that's touching a hundred. It's like, Okay, well, we we have the talent. Uh, I think we could. I think we could do stuff this year. I think we might even be better than we were last year. And last year we were, you know, runner up. So, how's this gonna go? You know, <laughs> it it's just it, it's gonna be so impressive. And then Kansas State. This is an absolute off the wall random team that. You know, are they top five? I don't know. But they're just a team I am fired up to watch because they have two of the most exciting players in the nation, in my mind, and Tyson Neighbors, who on the mound, he can throw baseballs like no one else. Like, people can throw as hard as him, but I don't know if they can spin it as much as him. I don't know what anomaly goes on with this fastball, but it, it's like in backyard baseball when you get the disappear pitch or the slow pitch or whatever it was where you would click the power up and the ball would like glitch halfway to the plate and then the catcher catches it, you hear strike. That is what his fastball is. That, that's a Tyson neighbors fastball. And then at shortstop, they're going to have Kalen Culpepper, who I think he is going to have an insane number of home runs this year, just because he's got pure athleticism. He's played third base in the past, but they're moving him over to shortstop just because that's kind of where he's been more natural, where he likes to be. And I think he's going to have the ability to impact a lot more games over at shortstop, but also like his bat is phenomenal. He played for team USA over the summer. He hit 471 led team America in hitting the best hitter of the best hitters, you know, like that's where the best hitters go. So I, I think that bodes pretty well for the season. So while they may not be a top five team, they're going to be really fun to watch. I'm tuning in and you should too. I, I think everyone should. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm surprised LSU, the fan favorite, the one that everyone's kind of gathered around, that they're not top five for you? Oh, I, I kind of went top five I'm excited to watch. Okay, LSU, yeah, that, that's where I go wrong. I can't rank teams one through five. I, I just can't pick a best. Like, there's, there is, with the draft being shortened and more high schoolers making it to college campus, there is way too much fluctuation in the talent of these young guys. We're that I, I genuinely don't know what to expect in the sense that 
it's not like, uh, oh, is this kid going to get in the lineup and hit 200, or is he just not even going to break in? It's, is this kid going to get to the park, hit 375 with 25 bombs, or is he going to have just like an average season and hit 250? Like the game, the talent levels change so much that it's hard for me to rank teams. But LSU is going to be fun to watch too. They have Cam Johnson, who he's a freshman who throws 100 miles an hour. Again, like why I am 27 probably 10 years older than a lot of these kids. I can't throw that fast. I can't come, I can't come within like 15 of that probably these days. And all these kids are just like, Hey, yeah, no, I just got done high school baseball. Here I am ready to go, ready to let it rip. And then they returned a lot of talent. I think one guy on LSU that'll surprise a lot of people is uh, Ethan Frey. He was a freshman last season who didn't get a ton of opportunities, but he showed a lot of upside when he did. But I, I met him probably the second weekend of the season last year, and I was talking to Coach Johnson about him. He was like, that kid you just met, like, next year he's going to be the Golden Spikes winner. Like, he has that level of talent, and he's not even going to be in our lineup this year. That's, how, like, that's just how we look for the season. I was like, yeah, you're probably going to have a pretty good year then. Um, turned out they did. Um, they won the Carbach Round Rock Classic. And the College World Series. Yep. First time that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, how do you even but, like renew that level of success? It's just so insane. A lot of luck, a lot of luck, a lot of scheduling. Um, <laughs> but but no, so it's like, okay, well, that's another kid who we've seen a little bit of him. He had a good summer, so I think he's gonna be someone who like just absolutely jumps onto the radar as soon as he gets his first opportunity this season. How about some dark horses, like ones that maybe don't on paper look as intriguing as a Florida or an LSU, but the pieces are right and they maybe could make a run? I don't know if I can consider this a dark horse just because it was the publication I worked for that hardly ranked them. But South Carolina, um, this kind of goes without saying they're going to be really good this season. Like my friends at D1 Baseball thinking they're 25th is just a testament to how packed college baseball is talent wise this is why i don't get into rankings because i'm like they should be number one too like everybody should be number one like like i look at the rosters and i'm like why do they have multiple guys hitting 25 home runs and coming back to college campuses like uh, why why don't other teams have that and it's like just insane it it truly is insane so i think they're going to be really good this season and then one dark horse i think is just going to surprise college baseball as a whole and this isn't just a school. This is a conference. I'm talking the Coastal Athletic Conference, which is brand new for the 2024 college baseball season. Formerly the Colonial Athletic Conference. Boo, that's not as fun. That's not as fun to say. Go Coastal. Um, turned into the Coastal Athletic Conference because they're by the coast. Um, got teams all over the place. Um, and by the coast, they say. But all the, all the geographical names for conferences got to go. We need oh, yeah. the Cowboy Conference. We need the, the – this place is kind of mountainy conference where the teams that are in the mountains play each other. Glacier you know? Conference, whatever it may be. It's all changing, and none of it makes sense anymore. Like the Atlantic Coast Conference. Hey, Stanford, come on over. You're SMU, lost. let's bring you in. <laughs> yeah, let's it's talk, like, about, talk about those two teams. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, the Pac-2. Yep. The pack, pack of ash now. Um, Like, it's gone. But – the Coastal Athletic Conference, I think, is going to be really good just because they added Campbell this offseason, which Campbell is a very loaded 
college baseball place. Like they have great facilities, great amenities, all the tools you need to develop players are there. They have a mobile weight room that they'll bring with the team to lift on the road. So they literally have their strength coach drive to every series in the Ford F-350 with a trailer full of weights. They call it the meat wagon that they'll take with them. They'll park it in the hotel parking lot and like pitchers will lift there. Players will lift there while they're, while they're gone, which thank Christ that didn't exist when I played. Cause that would have sucked. I love being on the road and just sitting at the hotel doing nothing. Um, so I think Campbell is a contender to really have a big season this year. They've returned a lot of talent. You know, just I saw them this fall and I was really impressed in, in their squad. So I, I think they'll surprise a lot of people. And then UNCW has returned seven out of their nine starting players, along with their Friday guy, and they have a ton of talent behind them. So I think UNCW will sneak up and surprise some people. Not me, because I live close to there and I've been – you know, I've been behind the scenes. I've been checking it out. I'm, you got I'll it. Do your due diligence. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like, hey, they're there. Panda Express is nearby. Might as well stop <laughs> in. I'm already going to be in town. You know, McDonald's so, on the way home, ready to good to go. Yeah, we are. We are set up nicely to visit UNCW. So I think they're going to be really good. And then Northeastern has, like, they have consistently been quietly one of the best teams in college baseball. In the sense that, like, no one really talks about how good they are, and they're just like, yeah, that's fine. Like, don't. Don't. You'll hear about us in June. We will be at a regional of some kind. And so I really think the CAA this time could be the first time that they're really a three-bid conference in the fact that, you know, the conference champion, of course, will get the automatic bid to the postseason. But with the out-of-conference schedules and how much talent is in the state of North Carolina college baseball-wise, like, your midweeks are going to boost your RPI or your new DSR or whatever. whatever midweeks you're playing better teams, so people are going to think you're better. All right, I don't know the official rankings. Strength of schedule, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, the the strength of the schedule. I've never seen a schedule lift weights. All right, so I don't know how strong the schedule is. Um, but the midweek games like are really going to, I think bolster the reputation of both the North Carolina team. So it's one of those things where if North Northeastern wins the CAA or when, depending on how you look at it, it will they have two bit two other bids? I think they might. And I think that's like the first time that'll happen. So again, just like the important thing to think about is the level of talent in college baseball has increased so much. Like I was talking to one of my friends the other day from I played summer ball with him my freshman and sophomore year, we were talking about guys throwing 100 miles an hour. And we were like, when did that start happening? Because when we were in college, when we were freshmen, like there was Bryce Montez de Aca from Missouri. And then one guy from Louisiana Lafayette didn't get his name. Everybody just called him Thunder. They were the two people in college baseball I could think of that I saw throw 100 miles an hour. And like, it was like a where were you when moment whenever you face that because it's like, <laughs> whoa, this is different. That's not normal. Now it's normal. And it's like everybody does it. The kid Thunder, they, I, I didn't know his name because his walkout song was Loud and Heavy by Cody Jenks, which is like Loud, Thunder, Heavy, Rain. And so you got Thunder there and then everybody's calling him Thunder. And I ask a fan, I'm like, what's this kid's name? Like, why is he called Thunder? And they go, because when he warms up. It sounds like thunder. 
And I was like, yeah. I that mean, is quite the compliment. I, I was like, you know what? They call me rain on a, on a tin roof. Uh, <laughs> I throw a lot of warm-up pitches, really soft. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. So I remember that. That's like burned into my brain. Now everybody's doing it. Everybody's got one guy in the bullpen who's going to come in at least throwing 97. It's like, yeah, I got out at the right time. You know, I, I got in, got out, got the job done. So what's now like the cool equivalent of Thunder? Like what would be, what would that be? Oh man. I, I don't know who has it these days. I don't know who's got cool nicknames. Um, I know Blake Garrett, Blake Warren at Iowa. They're another dark horse team that I don't really think they're dark. I think people know they're good. They, they have one of the best starting rotations in the nation that no one really talks about that much. But, you know, they have Brody Breck throwing 104. He's really cool. Um, he's also, like, the nicest person ever, just super respectful. Um, I remember I saw him get ejected from a game because the umpire said he said he was acting terrible. And after the game, everyone was like, no, that didn't happen. Like, the entire Iowa team was like, Brody's, we've never even heard him curse before. And, like, they mean that. Like, he doesn't curse. Like, he's a, he's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. But beyond that, he and his friends at Iowa are very good at throwing strikes. So I don't know the true equivalent. But while I was getting into Iowa. The, in the nickname department, there's two guys that come to mind. First, Blake, Blake Aaron. He's their first baseman, six foot six, two eighty. He has power potential out the wazoo. He is a classic, like throwback first baseman. Where it's like, look, this guy is the biggest person here by far. Throw him at first base, watch him hit home runs, and he'll do it. Which is going to be a lot of fun. They call him the Big Bopper. That makes sense. Another guy, the Wonder from Down Under. We already talked about Travis Pizano, but say Wonder from Down Under one time, and you're hooked. It's a gateway nickname. You just you get stuck. That is good. One <laughs> down under. You gotta have the accent with it. I know, I know. I, I could never do that. it well. And then I just think of Steve Irwin and I get sad. So, <laughs> you know, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. <laughs> but that's why I'm focused on Travis Bazana, who's my new favorite Australian, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's that's how you make up for it. This ones that we lost, gotta get a new one to love. Exactly. And there's always good ones. There's always high quality ones. That's one thing I've learned. And you know what? Also, that's a perfect segue into your kangaroo question. Yeah, exactly. I, I got to know because like my big question for him is like whenever you see a picture of like the evolution of man, it's like he's crawling and then he starts getting posture. And is that kangaroos? Is Are, are deers and kangaroos related? Like is that is a kangaroo just kind of like are deers more evolved than yours? That's a really good question. Like, I genuinely don't know. So, like, I've it's been keeping me up. Yeah. I've, I've been debating messaging him, but I won't. I won't do it. I've Googled it a few times. <laughs> I believe they're in the same phylum. The, um, oh, phylum. Wow. That's a great vocab word. <laughs> thank you. It's one of my favorite. I love biology because I never took physics. <laughs> so Was that got, paperwork too thick, too? Yeah, biology had thin summer packet. That's why I made the switch. There you go. Smart. Smarter, smarter not harder. Not harder. You know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll wrap it up. But um, what regular season series looks the most exciting to you? Like, what's, what are what are a few that you're like, I need to see this? 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so there's a couple that stand out. Texas and TCU playing each other. That's going to be a super fun series just because it's in-state and both teams I feel like are real staples of the state. And that's no disrespect to any of the other Texas schools. It's just like when you type in Texas, their names are going to pop up first just because more people apply there. That's where I'm coming from when I say that. So there's a lot more allegiance and draw from more applications from, you know, whether it be the online school having a larger presence, whatever it may be, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I'm excited for that series because I think both teams are just absolutely packed with talent. I think Tanner Witt coming back for Texas is going to be huge. And I think, you know, some people expect him to be good. I think he's going to be even better than anyone's expecting. So I think he's someone to definitely tune into. And then they have LeBaron Johnson Jr., who is one of the best pitchers in college baseball. He reminds me a lot of just like, you know, you tune into any given big league game, a guy who has stuff like LeBaron Johnson Jr. is on the mound. That's typically a good sign, typically a good thing. So I think that'll be super fun. And then another one I'm excited for, and it's not just because I'm going to it for D1 Baseball, who I work for, but I'm very excited for it's the Jacksonville College Baseball Classic where Wichita State, the Shockers, are going to be at, which I'm excited for that. Love Wichita State. Love that their mascot has similar names to me. Um, (laughs) Then UVA is going to be there. I played baseball there, um, believe it or not, um, back in the day. No way. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, So always excited to see my friend Brian O'Connor. He's like the best dude ever. I I love that guy. Very excited for that. And then Iowa will be there as well. So we'll see Brody Brecht and the Big Bopper. And we'll also see all their pitching staff, which, again, I talked highly of them. So they're going to be fun to watch. And then Auburn will also be there. And Auburn's another team that I think, you know, they have returned a lot of talent and a lot of home runs in their lineup. So I think they're going to be good this season as well. So I think that whole tournament's just going to be packed. And I I love going to the tournaments as well, because you get to see a lot of baseball in a very short amount of time. So it's like, it's my dream scenario. It sounds like your Christmas. It sounds (laughs) like a kid on Christmas day almost. Oh, it's truly the best. And I'm sure the weather will be probably pretty decent. You know, it's, it's Florida, you know, maybe. Maybe scoot to Disney World after. Who knows? Who knows where the world will take? Hey, you got a little tan going on. <laughs> You'll come back to North Carolina looking real. Yeah. Just, everyone will be like, wow, that guy was outside covering a lot of college baseball. Yep. That'll be the first thought that goes all to their mind. <laughs> 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 okay. So flash forward a few months to Omaha. Who do you think is going to be there? Oh, geez. Oregon State, I think, will be there. Oregon State, okay. I think they'll be there. I think Wake Forest. Florida makes sense. Virginia's always going to find a way. They always will. Is it the nepotism coming off the shelf? If Brian O'Connor could get me to get get to Omaha, he could lead a blind horse to anything. Um, So that's why they will always have a pick. Plus, you know, 
they they were one of the schools who were willing to take a chance on me. They always had that respect for me. I always have that respect for them. You okay. know, it's just it's one of those things that makes sense to me. I think let's see who else. I think South Carolina. I'm gonna say it. I think oh. they they returned. I think like just between their infield, they have like 48 potential home runs. And that's just the infield. Then you got outfielders like Ethan Petrie, Kennedy Jones, who can they have insane home run potential. I know Kennedy Jones had 12 doubles, 12 home runs for UNCG last year. And Ethan Petrie, do I do I really need to read off his stats about why he's good? 370 with 23 home runs as a freshman. They're gonna be good. So that's is that four? I think go through one more time. We have Oregon State, UVA. Oregon State, UVA. Did I say Arkansas? I don't think you said Arkansas. You did not I'm, say Arkansas. Ar- I don't know if Arkansas. I said Arkansas, but Arkansas. I'll throw them on there. I think they have the talent, and they've been close a number of years. They were there in 2021. I think last season was a little bit of an off year for them. I know people were like, oh, well, Kendall Diggs can hit home runs, but how will we hit around him? You got guys like Jared Wagner transferring in from Tarleton State who is literally designed in a lab to put baseballs over the fence. Like, watch his swing one time and tell me he wasn't born to hit home runs. Like, they, they have a lot of talent, and I think they'll come through. South Carolina returned a lot of guys. And you got Cole Messina behind the plate. Big air not mentioning him yet. He, he's he got really cool hair, and he gets so juiced when he hits home runs. Like, everybody gets excited. Cole Messina's juiced. He – he doesn't know where he is around the bases. And I, I generally, I genuinely believe that like he he's out there. Okay. I so, don't, I no, don't wanna, no, 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 go ahead. Cause I'm just thinking of more teams as I go. No, I'm just saying if you're right in a couple months, you better run and get a lottery ticket. I yeah. mean, sprint. You, you got it. You got it from time to time. Like that. that's just the way it goes. I think, Oh God. TCU, I think, has a chance to make it deep. You know, I like I said, Peyton Tool. I'm going through my notes a little bit here, but there are a lot of players in college baseball, so it's it's tough to keep up with them all. I mean, but, respect. You know, TCU, they make it to Super Regionals last year. Or, no, 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 no. They make it to Omaha last year before losing to Florida. That's how that sentence goes on my notes. There we go. I'm not the best reader, but they, again, like they're a team where they're just returning a lot of talent. They lost a guy like Braden Taylor and that's okay because they have literally five different guys behind him ready to take over the spot. That's what makes good programs. Great is how well they get the next line of players into the lineup. Cause you know, with the transfer portal, it's very possible that everybody leaves every year. And no one wants to sit behind someone and learn. But if you can sit behind someone and learn, you get so much better as a baseball player. And I think TCU's culture around their team just keeps players in it. That's yeah, I believe that sitting behind someone can always be tough. It's not again in the day of NIL and like you said, the transfer portal, if you can leave, a lot of people will jump on that. Oh, trust me. I, le- I left a few places. Yeah. And I, I understand. I like, say, you took advantage of this. Yeah, I, I, I took I took a lot of advantage of the transfer portal. But in my defense, it wasn't like, hey, I need to go get innings. It was like, hey, look, UVA. Come on now. I had hats when I, when I was 12. I was wearing hats trying to trying to get into UVA. So is like, there a photo look, of that? Is photo evidence? 
Uh, it's got to be somewhere. I think I archived it on Instagram at one point. I can't remember. It was in Cooperstown. I remember that. It was at the Little Dreams Park. And, uh, God, it's got to be something. I, I could probably. Okay, Pixar find didn't it. happen. It, there's got to be a picture. <laughs> I'll, I'll find one eventually and send it over to you, you guys. But please. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's the dream school. You always dream of going there. And I had the opportunity to. And, you know, you got to take it. Yeah. And I know you said that you don't rank, you don't like to rank. And my next question was going to be, there's a general consensus of the top six best players in college baseball who are going to get drafted. And I was going to have you rank them, but I'm not mean. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not, I'm not going to disregard your wishes, but there seems to be like a consensus top six, all interchangeable. What do each of those players have to do to make their like pitch that they are the best choice to be the first overall pick yeah so it's certainly tough because you know a lot of people look at team success and they're like oh well how did that guy lead them i i think a lot of people got to understand that it's not always that guy's job to lead them like that guy's job is to do his personal individual best in a way and in a pursuit of it where his actions max match optimizing that best and that's how the team gets better so I, I think there's a big misconception in team success and leadership skills because you know again you can lead a horse to water but baseball all you can control is your preparation and if you're a pitcher you can control what pitch you're throwing but as soon as you try to throw it <laughs> completely gone all controls lost just try not to die with a comebacker like just plain and simple defend yourself that's all you can do that's how pitching works that's how baseball is so i i think for them the best way to separate themselves would just be consistency so i know like a lot of these guys you'll look at them and everybody's gonna say like okay they had one good season was that a fluke and they do it again and everyone's like oh wow he's hot for two seasons straight some people aren't just like streaking some people aren't just hot some people are just really good at playing baseball. And so I think the guys that show up every day and are just consistent with their bats, like, like Charlie Condon's a guy who pops to mind as someone who I think is just going to absolutely shoot up the draft boards because of his attitude and where he's come from baseball wise. So he was a walk on at Georgia, sat out his freshman year, waited to get his turn. And then, you know, he plays his freshman year, hits three seven like 370 something i believe with 25 home runs i believe something along those lines so you know he's someone who i think he's going to be as consistent as peanut butter in the sense that you know exactly what you're going to get every time you open the charlie condon drawer drawer not drawer <laughs> the charlie condon drawer there you, i mean yeah the consistency is everything and you're right there seems to be a whole like idea that you have to be good every single year and not even just good above good that if it isn't as good as what you did before it's a fluke yeah no and like that's just the way baseball is evaluated like no matter where you're at the competition if you're successful the competition sucked or you know it was a fluke like i i had years where i thought i was gonna get drafted i get a call and it's like well you didn't you weren't really challenged. You didn't, we got we got to wait till after the summer to see how you do against good hitting, and then you go out and you have success against that. It's like, 
Well, we think everyone else was just having an off year. So, you know, we'll have to see you perform at a higher level. And then you go perform at a higher level. It, it makes no sense. So my biggest advice to anyone trying to get drafted is to just go out and absolutely ball out and don't think about it ever, which is impossible. It's impossible. But the most fun I ever had playing baseball was my senior year, like halfway through the year when I was just like, like my body can't hold up. This is it. And once I decided like, hey, this is the last like baseball I'm going to play, it became so much more fun. Like it was the best time of my life because for the first time I could remember, I was decent at baseball, which I never was before I was trying to get drafted. And I was just playing for the fun of it. So I, I think, you know, if I if I were in any of their shoes, I would just go out and appreciate the fact that, hey, I got 54 games with my friends left before this turns into a business. So I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to try to win as many as I can. That way I keep getting one more game. Mm-hmm. And if Stephen Shaw happens to be there, he'll buy you some dipping Dots and help you out. Absolutely. You know, that, that's what we're all about here. <laughs> or if you're at Coastal, maybe some other... I mean, the amenities are the amenities. You know, I'm not going to turn that down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... uh... I look over at my dad and I I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.